Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, peeps, we are discussing A Thousand Stars, Episode 3. Yeah. This episode is from GMMTV and really kind of helped me restore my faith in them after the kind of disaster that Don Han Chanlati was from episodes 1 to 7. Although 8, 9, and 10 were good. Okay, not kind of bad. Those were good of Don Han Chanlati. But this series is shaping up to be one of my favorites that I have seen in a long while. This episode is basically about Tien figuring out how to relate to his new surroundings and the new people who have come into his life in the village. Um, it opens with him trying to figure out how to engage with the students at the school because they aren't coming back to school after the incident regarding the kid that almost drowned in the waterfall. And so instead he ends up talking with Chief. And I don't know the actor who plays Chief, but I really like his personality in this film and also in the in I'm sorry in the series and also in the series The Theory of Love where I think he played Pyun who ended up with two I think but anyway I just really like that kind of actor persona it, they're comfortable in their skin and you can tell it's like they're just who they are and that's it and I love how Chief in this episode he looks at Tien and he says you know you're trying to be a good teacher but what's a good teacher to you and he says you know it's not about everything you can teach them if they can't use that practically in their life and if the word teacher is too hard for you then maybe look at yourself as kind of their big brother who is helping them understand things that they wouldn't understand if you hadn't come into their life and this helps Tian really kind of tone things down on the stress level for himself and also to figure out how to interact with the villagers he learns more about chickens and how you gather eggs how you hold a chicken that's always tricky i'm just saying i grew up on a hobby farm and chickens are weird birds to try to hold but anyway he also learns how to do handwork from a, a grandmother who has a granddaughter who works with her to do weaving and different kinds of handwork um, he learns how to pluck tea leaves and also helps the villagers so that they're no longer being stolen from because they don't know what a kilogram is. So when they sell their tea leaves, they were being basically downpaid for their work simply because they didn't understand how it was weighed and that they weren't weighing correctly the people who was buying who were buying from them. This leads Tien to getting really beat up in the first part of this episode by the tea... I don't know what we call them, the buyers of the tea leaves. Um, they find out that he can read the scale and does know what kilograms are. And he basically stands up and says, you know what, just because you're doing this doesn't make it right. You're underselling them by quite a bit simply because you are deciding that you're not going to read the scale right. And that's not right for these people. Because of this, he ends up getting punched, kicked, thrown on the ground, kicked some more. And then a knife is drawn, and the villagers are standing around trying to figure out what to do. And then Chief comes over, basically fires a gun in the air. He doesn't shoot at anyone. He's just trying to break up the fight. And then the tea sellers leave, and he has to help Tian, basically. Tian gets home, and then that night he comes over with some medicine for Tian and stays the night with him simply because he doesn't know if they're going to come back. Chief doesn't, and he doesn't want Tian trying to have to deal with um, 
these guys with knives and bad attitude and leaving this coming after him since he was the first to say, you know, you can't steal from people and get away with it. This leads to them having an interesting night together. Um, the mosquito net that Tian has learned how to put above his bed now has a lot of holes in it because it's worn out. So there's mosquitoes getting in and out of the mosquito net. And he and Chief are trying to talk to one another. And it's really interesting, I think, in this scene because Chief is trying to make small talk and like say, well, what did you have for dinner, Tian? And Tian's like, well, I had an omelet and kale. And he says, why are you asking me? Well, I'm trying to figure out something we can talk about. And they basically have this weird little conversation. And then Tian is cold, so Chief gives a blanket. Then Tian makes sure that Chief has half of it. And that's kind of where it ends. But I really liked this scene because at the end of it, Chief is looking at Tian and he says, well, you know, it's not the, it's the weekend this um, tomorrow, so you don't have to worry about waking up early. And so Tian looks at him and goes, well, what did you have for dinner, Chief? Because he's trying to figure out how to talk to Chief, and Chief's trying to figure out how to talk to him, and it's just bloody hilarious. The next morning, um, Tian wakes up, he has breakfast by Chief, and I would like to know what he's eating in this scene. It's very interesting looking food. It's like wrapped in some kind of stem of a plant, and it's a purple-white substance. I don't know. I wish we would have had a description of what this was, because I'm like, I'd like to know what that is. But anyway, Tian has made all his clothes dirty, so he has to go learn how to wash his laundry, and Chief ends up letting him borrow his t-shirt and taking him to the, basically the head of the village to get a laundry bucket and some stuff so he can do his own laundry because Tian's never done laundry. And so Tian is beating his clothes on a rock, literally, and trying to brush them with a, a laundry brush. And he ends up getting thrown into the water by Chief, who then leaves him to try to figure out how to do his laundry soaked with no clean, dry clothes. And he ends up marching back to the village with his backpack full of wet stuff, a bucket, and the laundry what do we call it? Ephemera? I don't know. Stuff that you use to do laundry when you're in rusticating. So anyway, he hands this back to the um, head of the village, who then hands him a set of traditional clothes, because Chief had come ahead of him and said, Tian has all his clothes wet. Can you please let him borrow some traditional clothes? And also they did it because, as you find out later in the series, they wanted him to have something nice to wear to a gathering they were doing to thank him for being there for as long as he was. Um, Tian then goes home after being told by the head of the village that he would like to meet him that evening, if possible, to discuss something with him in the village square. Tian then comes back to the village, and they are having a big party to celebrate him being there as long as he had. And also for, even though he didn't maybe handle things well with the tea issue, being there so that they wouldn't continue to be cheated. So they have this big party with a karaoke machine. I'm really not sure what's with karaoke. It seems to be prevalent in every culture, especially when, you know, people have had alcohol and then do karaoke. I'm not sure why this is always confused Anna both in western world and in you know Asian drama I don't know it's just a weird thing to me because I'm like you know what would make you want to get up and sing after having a few drinks but 
I don't know, maybe, you know, the spirit moves you. So anyway, um, Chief decides to get up and sing a few songs, and then Tian gets up and sings a few songs, and they all have way too much um, homemade whiskey. And it's during this whole time that Tian also meets the Chief's grandson, I believe, or no, son, who is at college in the city. And he comes back. And this character, I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops. It's played by the same actor who played Chanlati in Tan Han Chanlati. He's also the same actor who played Tyne's friend in Together With Me. I really like this actor. I think he does a great job, mainly because he usually plays exceptionally thoughtful people and I'm hoping it's the same with this character. It's also during this night and this party that they have a blessing ceremony and I've never seen anything like this but it is like one of the coolest things ever because what they do is they have Tien come and sit on this like mat and then everyone comes over who is I don't know what you call auspicious in the village and basically says what they wish for good things for Tien and then they wrap a rope around his left wrist because that's the um, wrist that's good luck in Thailand and he ends up with this rope bracelet with that symbolizes all the good wishes that basically the elders of the village want for him and I'm going that is such a cool ceremony I mean really. So anyway, I'm going to have to do it with the boys on their birthday. But I'm just saying, that's a really cool thing. And it's during this whole time that I think, you know, Tien and Chief, they're all trying to figure out this weird thing. And I think this episode is one of my favorites, but also there was a lot of, I don't know what you call it. Mm, what's the word? Sometimes words escape me when I'm doing reviews. But anyway, when people try to look deeply into each other's eyes and you're going, is it indigestion? <laughs> That's what Anna thought on several of the scenes in this one. I mean, no offense, we could have cut out about five minutes where the two main characters, Chief and Tien, are looking at each other and you're going, you know, just say what you need to say or go get some acid reflux reducing pill. I don't know. But yeah, that's on this because I really do like the series, but the looking each other's eyes thing is kind of getting to me on this episode. I mean, five minutes, we could have had, you know, actual dialogue for that period of time that would have been pertinent to the whole series instead of looking in each other's eyes and going, what in the heck are you thinking? And isn't it indigestion? But anyway, I still really liked this episode. I just really didn't like that part of it because, again, it's like, you know, I don't know. I just figure if you've got something to say, say it. If you don't, don't. But, you know, there you go. By the end of this episode, Tian is very intoxicated and George um, Chief has to take him home to his hut. And there's a hilarious conversation between Chief and Tian because... Tian is really drunk and has no filter on his ability to talk. And he's like, you know, I'm like a Pomeranian dog. And she's like, yeah, you really are like a little Pomeranian dog tonight. You're, you're weird, you're funny, and yeah, you are like a dog. And then there's this funny part where um, Tian and Chief are talking to one another. And Tian finally looks up and sees that Chief is kind of smiling for the first time rather than being his normal strict self like he typically is around Tian. And Tian's like, you know, you're not, you're not bad looking when you don't look 
um, stripped. And he's like, what, do you think I'm handsome? And then Tian just throws up all over um, Chief. And you know, I don't know what it is about um, dramas with people who are trying to say how they feel about someone, and then they end up throwing up on them. But this is kind of going in the same vein. So anyway, Chief ends up getting him back to his hut, cleaning him up from the throw up, putting him on his bed, and then he's trying to wipe off his face a little more because he did throw up quite a bit. And he also wipes his arms because he's smelling quite alcoholic because he had way too much homemade whiskey. And it's at this point that he does pull his shirt up just to wipe him down because he smells not too good right now. Not, he's not, Chief is not trying to do anything inappropriate in the scene at all. And he sees that Tian has an enormous scar on his chest from where the heart transplant would have been. I think it's kind of at this point that Chief probably is starting to kind of put the pieces together about what's going on between him and Tian and the universe at large and all that. Although we won't really know until this next episode. So I'm really looking forward to how this series plays out. It kind of reminds me of, if anyone is familiar with the Bonnie Hunt film called Return to Me, it came out, I believe, in the early 2000s, starring Matthew... Let me see here. It starred Minnie Driver and Matthew Duchovny, I believe is his name, from The X-Files. The reason I say that is the Return to Me film is absolutely one of Anna's favorite films, although I will say I always skip the first 20 minutes of it. I don't think I've ever watched the first 20 minutes of this film, simply because I don't like the introduction to this show. So, I mean, I'm just saying I like it, but I don't watch the first 20 minutes when the one character dies. But basically, this whole story is very similar to that Bonnie Hunt production, where a character passes away, and their heart is taken and given to someone else. And then the person that they were with kind of has to find them. And through a weird set of circumstances, lo and behold, that heart goes back to where it came from. And that's kind of what this whole series is about. The other thing I think is interesting about this production is Chief and the teacher who was the girl who passed away, they weren't in a, a publicly open relationship. I don't mean open relationship like the term that most Westerners use. I mean, they weren't publicly showing that they were in relationship when she died, from what I understand in this production so far. But you could tell that they liked one another, and also I think both Chief and the teacher who passed away would have been kind of closed characters. It would have taken a lot for either one of them to say that they liked one another. But I think that the thing is, is even though it wasn't a public relationship at the point when she passed away, that heart had to go back to where it came from. And that's what's interesting about this production to me because it really is a unique idea for a story. I think I can only think of one other example of this in my entire time of watching film, movies, TV shows, etc. And I've watched a lot of film, movies, TVs, etc. Yep, yeah, kind of obsessive watcher there. But anyway, I would give this series overall so far at least 
an 8 out of 10. I would probably give it a 10 out of 10 if I didn't have to deal with the whole looking in each other's eyes, having indigestion moments. I mean, that just, yeah, that's the one thing I don't really like about this series. But I do like, number one, that I could watch it with any age of kid I wanted to. Number two, I don't have to skip anything so far whatsoever in this production. I mean, nada. Another one. And you know, no offense, that's kind of unusual for some BL drama, especially the ones from Thailand. You sometimes do have to skip. Or, you know, sometimes they would have things that, you know, not necessarily skippable, but you have to sit down and ex explain it, etc. with the kitties. And this one really doesn't have anything like that at all. The other thing I really liked about this production so far is it really does show in... A very interesting way how people can go from living in a very having all the amenities in the world and then they go to having hardly any amenities i love the scene in this episode where he's putting on the traditional clothing to go meet the chief or not the chief but i don't know what you call him the head village head of the village and he does a flashback to when he is putting on his hoodie that was so expensive when he was at his family's big huge mansion and sat with his friend on the bed. I had no idea that hoodies could be expensive. That was interesting to me, but it kind of explains also this little foray into hoodies and the expensiveness of them. Why in a lot of K-dramas you'll have lead characters wear hoodies and I was like, why is the hoodie so popular? Especially like if they were a popular actor in the production, like in To My Star that um, character who's like one of the top paid Korean actors in the storyline is wearing this hoodie and you're going you know why is he wearing a hoodie it, it's not usually a status symbol but apparently hoodies are some kind of status symbol in some Asian style cultures so that was kind of interesting to find out as well but I loved how he put on the hoodie and he's doing that flashback with him and his friend on the bed and also then how he is putting on the traditional garb in the hut in the middle of this village on the border of Thailand and I really like the juxtaposition of this and how also you can see that you know just because you've always lived around amenities doesn't mean that you couldn't function without them. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting because I came from America. And when I was growing up as a kid, I would have people say that, you know, if we lost electricity and internet connection and had to go back to the way it was, there were literally people who were like in my grandparents' generation who said, well, the kids would just die. And I'm like, you know, nobody hardly would die unless they're literally their life depended upon having electricity. Like if you were in the hospital and you had to have a machine. Yeah, totally. If you did not have the electricity, you would die. But to say that just because I can't flip on a light switch or use a cell phone, I'm going to pass over in a dead heap. Uh, no, we've survived this long. We're going to survive longer. I mean, it's kind of humanity. We stuck by it. It's one thing we're good at. So, I mean, you know, I've always thought it's interesting that people say, you know, you can't live without amenities. Now, granted, Anna is big on amenities. I hate camping. I don't like being outdoorsy. And I do not think running water is acceptable if they're referring to a stream by a tint. No. But I am saying that, you know... It is interesting to see how people do adapt when need be. And it, yeah, it takes some adapting, but yeah, 
you can do it. And I think that's one of the things I also liked about this production. But I give this episode at least an 8 out of 10. Other people will probably not find the looking longingly in digestion scenes to be annoying. Anna just does. So, yeah. But I'm really looking forward to episode 4 of this. It comes out next Friday. Can hardly wait. Also, for those of you who don't know, there is a new series coming out called Lovely Writer, which if you are into BL drama, you've probably already watched all the teasers like I have, and it's like looking totally awesome. It comes out on the 25th, which is two Wednesdays away. I'm just saying. And we also have coming out on March 5th, what is it? Fighting Mr. Second are the return of the runner-up. And I'm just saying both those look really, really awesome for many, many different ways. I'm going to leave some podcasts on those here too as well, so you guys can hear a little bit more about those in case you don't know. But definitely tune in. The um, Fighting Mr. Second will be available on Tencent Video, I believe, or WeTV is also known. The Lovely Writer, I believe, will probably be released on... I think it's on WeTV Tencent Video as well, and I know they'll probably be uploading it to YouTube like crazy. So, yeah. But definitely check out those series as well. This one's going to continue to air through February. I think we're on episode four. I believe there's at least nine episodes, if not more. So we'll be probably seeing this for a while. So I'm really looking forward to the conclusion, and check it at the round table. Bye!